Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Paranormal Roundtable. My name is Anthony, and I am not your show host. I am your show editor slash producer, borrowing you for just a minute to make a small announcement. For those of you who join us during our live chats, our premieres, our live streams, we now have a little thing called YouTube Super Chat enabled. YouTube Super Chat is a neat little way to support the show from right within the live chat. All you have to do is click the little dollar sign and you'll be able to purchase a Super Chat, which is a special message that will stay at the very top of the live chat box with your name in bright colors and the amount that you chose to donate. And you can choose whatever amount you like. Nothing is too small and nothing is definitely too big for a donation. So if you want to show your support to not just us, but also to all the other fans of the show, consider purchasing a Super Chat. And now without further ado, let's get to the second of a three-part interview with special guest Lisa Lichen. Well, that's not the only thing that's happened to you, though. That's just what no. happened to you as a child, right? Well, I mean, I had other childhood encounters, but that was the most intense one um, that I had. When you had other childhood encounters, you mean like with a different type of entity or was it the same um, cryptid? With, I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I don't know, dealer's choice. I mean, I, you know, I, I have had, I had some Bigfoot encounters. I think that, I think that there was, a, this, this house that we moved into across town was haunted. There's a lot of really bad stuff there, but like I had some sort of encounter with, what it, I'm pretty sure was a ghost, and and that was pretty intense. I mean, if you want to talk cryptids, we can talk cryptids. If you want to, just well, like, no, just tell us, uh, tell us what happened with the ghost. I mean, it's it's your uh, story, okay. basically, your stories. Um. Okay. So this, and this is part of the reason, why, like, this brings my sister back into the picture again, too. Okay. So we moved into this house um, after my parents decided to to leave the one where we were having the blondie encounters. Okay. We bought a bigger house. Um. And I mean, there was just weird stuff that went on all the freaking time, you know, and my, my sister and I used to both go to bed and just lay there absolutely frozen in terror. And we didn't tell each other for years, you know, um, our rooms were, were right next to each other and we didn't talk about it until we were in our adulthood. But she and I would both see some, sometimes see the same things. Like we would think that we were seeing red eyes from the corner, like a dark corner of the house watching us. Um, these would be different than the ones you saw outside the house, right? They seem more sinister. That's that's the weird thing. It it really seemed like it was something that was just really bad. Um, and here's the ironic thing, okay? So my mother was involved with witchcraft for a long time. Oh. And so I don't I don't know and she was up until like this point of living in this house. Um, there was, there was just some bad stuff going on and I, I don't know if it was like that before we moved in, but it was definitely like that when we were living, living there. So I guess that was probably my one haunted house that I lived in, you know, um, we were definitely afraid of the basement. We had a detached garage that I think something was living in it. Um, and this is an old New England house, you know, so most, most houses there, you've got an oil burner. For heat um and ours died our first winter there so my dad got a cool one and i don't really know what possessed him to do that because it was a terrible choice so we had um a coal furnace right and we had coal, a coal chute in our house and they would you know drop off the coal and dump it down in the basement and it was already dark down there anyway and um really creepy but with the d detached garage which was probably about 25 feet from the house 
there was another coal chute. And there was some sort of shop that was all concrete. And I think at one time it might have been a, a blacksmith shop. I mean, this was, a, this was an old property, you know, so that house is probably about, I'm going to say at least 150 years old now. It was 100, you know, when we moved into it, it was, yeah. So um, about 100 years old when we moved in. But there was a coal chute in it, and there was this weird closet that was underneath the stairs. And I remember I went in there one time, and I saw what looked like a nest of, like, old sheets and blankets and cardboard that something had made and was sleeping on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty creepy. Um, But we had – and my room had the attic in it, which I, I had nightmares about this attic for years. Um. But it was it was looked like a closet door, right? But you open it up, and there's there's a, a stairway going upstairs into the attic, right? And um, <laughs> I'd wake up in the middle of the night, and it would sound like something was walking down the steps in this house and trying the door that would let into my lead into my my bedroom, right? Um, like something was actually trying the door handle. I would um sometimes I don't know if somebody would would have literally been in the attic or. Something else was turning on the lights, but a lot of times I go in my room and the light was on in the attic and I could see it. So I'd like shut my eyes and open up the door and like find the switch and turn it off. That it, so I didn't want to see anything that was up there, you know. Um, I don't blame you. But we had we had this this small little window. It was a Dutch colonial, like so. Some of them were different like, designs, but this had like an in, enclosed porch that was like all these glass windows and everything. And so and this cute little window that was on top, but that was like the attic window. But there'd be sometimes when I go up there and the window would be open, like something pushed it open from the, from the outside, and because uh, it swung in, and um, so I'd find that and I'd have to I'd have to close it. And sometimes it would be muddy, and sometimes rain or snow would be let in, and it happened a lot. Um, How old were you when you lived there? I lived there from age six to age thirteen. Ooh, seven oh, years God. in that in that as at that age too, mm-hmm. dealing with that paranormal activity had to have taken its yep. toll uh, over the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, when my my parents split when I was eleven, so we spent like a couple of years not in that house, and then we moved back in when my dad my dad moved out of the state. So were, were um, they in denial, like your parents, when you told them, "Hey, there's something yeah. creepy"? No. Here's the weird thing: they weren't in denial about the house being haunted. They both thought the house was haunted. They oh, were in denial okay. about other stuff. That was what was so weird. They they were in denial about other things, okay? And we'll we'll definitely get to that. But they both thought it was haunted because just weird stuff would just happen. Um, our cats would be freaked out all the time. They'd go missing too. I mean, so it was like there was something in the neighborhood. Um, but um, they went missing in the neighborhood though, not in your house, right? I mean, no, they went missing in the neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. As far as we knew, I mean, I don't think we lost anything in the house. Unless they're falling into that black hole abyss of the in the basement. I don't know, um, but it but it would be weird, you know. But I did have okay, and this this was definitely this was definitely a dogman that I saw that I do know for sure. So I was either eight or nine. Okay, and this is what's so funny because my sister my sister's a teenager at the time, and she had this obsession with werewolves, but she was terrified of them. Okay. And I didn't really connect the dots, but she was like, she would tell me that she was scared that, you know, there might be werewolves around the house and to the point where, like, she found out, she read a book about putting salt around her house. Mm, she put yeah. salt around her house. Yeah. I, I and, used to be the same way. 
Did, were you really? Yeah. It's so funny. It's weird. She put salt around the house, and I guess some really crazy stuff happened because I remember her and my mother having a conversation. They were saying like, "Whatever you did, you." you you locked it in the house. All right. Yeah, well, when, <laughs> I, when I first moved into this was. place, I was told to uh, put salt in the corners of the house because I had left a house that had a lot of activity, and so that's what I did. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it hasn't been as bad here. I mean, I'm not going to say it's because of the salt, but I just did what was suggested to me by a friend, and, and so it seems to have – I mean, it hasn't hurt. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Right. So um, we had this one – man, this house – okay, so – my, you know, by that point, it was, it was like the height of dysfunction. Cause my dad, my dad's a recovering alcoholic. He's actually been sober for like 35 years. Amazingly. That's right? a beautiful thing. But it was, it was the height of their marriage falling apart, which may have, I almost wonder if that aggravated whatever was around, you know, um, they were fighting all the time, that kind of stuff. There was a lot of repairs that that house needed and, and they just never did it. Right. So we had this horrible bathroom upstairs that had. It had an accordion door. So, you know, you you pulled it out and you had to kind of kind of hook it. And then when it went back in, it just looked like an accordion. Right. So that was the bathroom that we that we used. And I went in there in the middle of the night. I think I was eight or nine years old. And And across the street from us was about an acre of woods. And that was ours. And this this was um this neighborhood. The houses were not as close together as the house. Where, where Blondie was coming into, right? So the yards were larger, houses more spread apart. This is an old neighborhood. Um, but I looked at the window and I saw right across the street at the wood line what I thought was a German Shepherd. You know, I thought it was just like a German Shepherd sitting there at first. And I remember kind of looking at it and it, it was just kind of looking at something, you know, and, and I remember it looking to its right and then all of a sudden it looked right up at the, at the window at me. And it's it it smiled basically but it wasn't a friendly smile it was more menacing than yeah <laughs> and it was and then it stood up so it was down in a ditch that was across the street that was next to where like my parents would actually park and it stood up and and i remember seeing you know like a muscular chest and i, I don't remember any other details about this thing just the the because i couldn't you know, I'm in terror. I can't feel my eyes away from this thing smiling at me, right? Right. But it stood up and it was looking at me. And I think it, I do remember one point it stepped out of the ditch and started to cross the road towards the house. And it was, and it, its eyes were locked on my eyes, right? It's very disconcerting. I, yeah. <laughs> and I remember, I remember, huh, I remember closing the curtain. And I remember that from the age of nine, through 13, almost 13, we moved away like a month before my 13th birthday out of the state. Between 9 and just about 13, if I woke up in the middle of the night and I had to pee, I didn't go. So it was that bad, huh? Yep. Yeah. I, I didn't care how bad it hurt. How many go. bedrooms was it? It was a three-bedroom. And so in that house, the same the same thing with like the ghost. Okay, so that that I know was a dog. Like, it, it fit the description. Um, I do sort of remember, okay, like... You know, like, you can just look at somebody's face, but you can still, the rest of your vision will see, like, body parts. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, I do remember arms. I do remember chest. I do remember a tail. And those legs weren't straight. Those those had kind of the, you know, the bat were the back, back dog bend. legs that I've been yeah. talking to. Yeah. Talks about. So, that, 
so there was that. Um, and like I said, my, my, my sister at the same time is obsessed about werewolves and whether those are real. Okay. We've got, like I said, some entity that's showing up in the house and, and we're seeing eyes. I remember like a couple of times my, my mother was, would be somewhere in the house and she'd think she'd see something and she'd scream and she'd be freaked out. And she's like, Oh, I just saw, I thought I saw something, but she'd never talk about it. My dad in the height of his alcoholism was a lot like, he was a lot like uh, Jack Nicholson's character in The Shining. <laughs> he really wow. was. He scared the hell out of us. Okay. Wow. It was that. It was bad. It was really bad. So it was almost like whatever in the house was really just messing with him too. You know, definitely just, feeding off of it. I'm sure. Oh it, yeah. Especially if he's I mean, that bad. I mean. Uh, no, it was. He was. He, it was so bad that he got to the point where he wasn't even. He wasn't eating anymore. He was just drinking. Didn't end up like him chasing you through a maze in the snow in the end. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. know, but it felt okay. like we were scared. We were scared it was going to get to that point. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to write my book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, so, so it really was just feeding. It was feeding on just a lot of stuff, right? So, and like I said, we would hear we were hearing stuff walking on the roof. We were hearing. I would hear things right outside my bedroom window because there was a roof outside my bedroom window that was over the covered um, porch, and my sister would hear it too. And that's this is when like we would talk about it a little bit. We'd both hear footsteps on the roof and again you know because my my parents worked for the school system just must be must be kids you know right coming to our house and walking on the roof at night to scare us yeah (laughs) um but some textbook stuff like um you know during the summer we would have the we'd have the the windows open and the screens you know the screens on and something would scratch the, the screen doors and the windows at night um so that was going on, rocks being thrown. Um, and I was telling somebody this the other day, which I thought was really weird. I would play with Barbies a lot. And I promise I'll get to the ghost. I know that we were going to talk about that. But here's something that was interesting. So I I would play Barbie a lot with either the other girls that were like in my neighborhood. Or it would be just me. And we had these really big hedges um, outside our house. And so sometimes I would I would be playing Barbie and then it would be time to go eat or we would just have to go somewhere. So I would just leave them where they were to come back for them. Right. And then sometimes by the time I would, I would come back, there'd be an additional Barbie doll that wasn't there before. And it usually was really dirty. Like it'd been buried somewhere. Wow. So That's, yeah, hmm. it was strange. Or sometimes it'd be, <laughs> sounds so silly. Sometimes it'd be accessories <laughs> like shoes or dress, but they'd be dirty, you know? Kind of like they'd been taken off and then moved and then like put back or something. No, they weren't mine. Is what I'm saying. Oh, it was oh, like, I see. Thing brought me new Barbies. Oh wow, well that's nice of it. You know, it's weird. I don't know what. It that is weird. That, that, that's very weird. But it would happen every once in a while, you yeah. know. Um, but getting <laughs> getting to the ghost. Okay, so I saw it. My dad saw it. And one of my babysitters saw it. I want to say the first time we, we experienced this, though, if it was the ghost, it had to have been the ghost. I don't, I don't know what else it was. Right. Um, we had, we had like, a, a powder room off of our kitchen. And there was a small hallway that led to this, this the staircase that went to a side door. So that would be, like, where the clear window was. And then the other staircase led down to the basement. Everybody was terrified of the basement, okay, except for my dad. My dad hung out in the basement. That was like, oh well, like, of course. <laughs> Why wouldn't he feel all right in the basement? You know. <laughs> so, um, 
anyway, this girl lived like kind of across the street from me. She was a few years older than me. And she's babysitting. And she's like, okay, we're in the kitchen, I think, getting something. And she's like, I'm going to use the bathroom real quick. So I'm watching her walk into, like, go towards the bathroom. And all of a sudden, she's looking at the door, the side door, and all the color from her face drains. And I'm like, what? what is it? And so I come around the corner, and I look, and something had its face pressed up into the glass. But the weird thing about it was it, I, it could have been the ghost, but I'm not sure. But it looked humanoid. But it, the outline of it almost looked like, like an aura. Right. That makes sense, right? So like outlining it. Yeah, kind of like it, it was emitting something. Yeah, but it was showing its teeth, and its teeth looked sharp, sharp, sharp teeth, right? Hey, man, oh, I, I swear they part. do. I swear they do that on purpose. Like, I don't yeah. Know. So I mean, she's terrified. I think she called my parents. I was like, "You got to come home." But like, she lied to them and said she's sick. You need to come home. And she was pacing back and forth until they got home. And um, then she went to her house and she, she refused to even come over anymore. She never came back after that. Um, and then there was this, yeah, this is what happened. Then there was um, this time I'm, I'm out on our enclosed porch playing and this guy appears at the top of our stairs, you know, so this, I don't know if you guys have spent any, I don't know how houses are in Texas. Okay. Cause I haven't spent much time there. I don't know if you guys have spent any any time in the Northeast. I have but uh, just, for a little bit, yeah. Okay, so the you know older houses are just kind of set up away. You know they have they'll have like a sidewalk in the yard, yeah, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we had a staircase that led from another main sidewalk into our yard, and the sidewalk that was right in front of our house or walkway, whatever you want to call it. So I look at the I look at the top of the stairs, and there's this young man standing there, and he's staring into the house looking at me but this guy is wearing he's wearing a round hat that almost looks like something the Amish would wear and what looks like a duster from the old west and like a button down white shirt and black trousers okay so he's he's looking at me and he kind of has this weird grin on his face and I'm looking at him you know and back back then it's like people solicited you know all the time because that, that was kind of the thing and so I'm like okay who's this weirdo you know <laughs> right yeah and all of a sudden, there's just something about the way that he's looking at me that really, you know, sets me off. And I'm like, okay, something's really wrong. And so I ran from one end of the porch to the porch door, and I made sure that it was locked. So we had a chain lock, and I made sure it was locked. And the next thing I know, he's on, he's he's right at that door. Like, he's instantly at that door. So I run off the porch into our our, our foyer and shut that door, but it has like a big, huge window in it, right? Right. Shut that door, and I run up up the stairs, and I can hear my family in the house. Like I think, I think the rest of them were in the kitchen doing something or in the dining room doing something. So I run up the stairs, and I'm I'm I got my back against the wall, and I'm hiding, and um I kind of look around the corner to see to see if he went away, and he's on my porch, and he's looking in the window, looking into the the foyer, looking around. And his eyes are moving, and I know that they're about to meet my eyes, so I quickly hide again. And I think at that point I went into my room, and I just – I was freaking out. I actually remember shaking from this. I, I remember just freaking out and just really shaking because I didn't know who that was, but I just had a really horrible feeling. And then after a while, I have no idea how much time passed. I went downstairs, and, you know, I'm sneaking downstairs to make sure he's not on the porch, and I'm 
looking through, you know, um, the first, the first door and there's nothing on the porch. So I go outside, go onto our enclosed porch and look at the door that leads outside. And it's still locked from the inside. Wow. And this guy, he looked like he was from the 1800s. Kind of. Yeah. From, from like the description, it kind of seems like he's someone who would like sell poison or something on the side of the road. Like I, I don't know, man. <laughs> it was really weird. It but sounds very dis- yeah, discomforting. Yeah. Like he, he looked like he couldn't have been any more than like 20. Well, back in the old days, people died of splinters right. pretty regularly. So, I know, yeah. you know, and, <laughs> and long brown hair. I do remember that long brown hair and his eyes were dark. I don't, I don't know what color. So I told my parents, you know, and again, this, there was just a horrible history. And this is part of the reason why I think I blocked out so much. There was a horrible history of me telling them the stuff that I was experiencing and them not wanting to believe me. Right. You know? Yeah. Them kind of brushing it off or something. Yeah. And I mean, in that, you know, that hurt a lot. Yeah. So because I was having all these experiences and it's, you know, it's my parents, I really needed them to support me and believe me, you know, even if they thought it was crazy, at least just acknowledge that I, I at least believe I experienced this, you know? Right. So I told them what happened. Of course, they didn't believe me and they were really angry and stuff. And I was like, no, it's the same thing that um, we'll call her Barbara. The Barbara saw when she was over here the other night babysitting. I think it was the same face. You know, I think it was the same the same thing that we saw. And they, they didn't want to believe it and stuff. And and so then, of course, I let the cat out of the bag and, and they're like, oh, that's why she doesn't want to come back over and babysit anymore. Right. So anyway, um, a couple weeks pass and... There's some kind of ruckus outside in the middle of the night. My dog's going crazy. It's, this is the same dog, the tough, tough mountain dog I told you about, who wasn't afraid of anything. Yeah. And kind of crazy. She would bark for 30 minutes before she'd eat her her dinner. I don't know why. <laughs> Weird. So um, my dad thinks it's a prowler. He goes outside with the dog to see what's going on. And he sees this young man running through our yard. And he's super close to him he's close enough to like touch his jacket and he trips over my tricycle and lands on his face <laughs> so he face planted and the guy got away but he asked me to give him the description and i slept through the whole thing yeah they asked me the next morning to to give and he was more mad about the tricycle being in the way you know cause he tripped over. that's what's weird because i don't think like i don't know how that happened because i don't remember writing it i think it was just like you know i was starting to outgrow it and I think it was sitting in the yard or something, but it happened to get in the way and he tripped over it. So, um, he asked me to give the description of what I saw. And I told him, he said, that's exactly what I saw. He said, that's exactly the person that I saw. Well, he definitely believes you now. Yeah. Yeah, probably. He had, you know, road rash on his face and everything else. <laughs> so, <laughs> so moving forward from, from like, any more experiences in this particular house or was that more most of what you could remember or i had one more thing happen okay because i i you know there was some sasquatch stuff happen see you know we just we just got done talking about the weird sleepwalking thing and and how your mind's in a different state i don't know i really don't know what this was again okay so but my sister used used to tell me that when i was really little it looked like it looked like I was going I'd go into a trance and it would be really hard to snap me out of it. So I had that in addition to the sleepwalking thing. And I don't know what it was, but I do very distinctly remember coming out of one one time at our grandmother's house in New Jersey and my sister was just bawling because she didn't know what was wrong with me. 
and I, and, but I don't remember, I wouldn't remember what happened when I was in them, but it, for some reason this happened to me. This would happen to me when I was little in addition to everything else going on. Right. So, um, I don't know. Again, I don't know if this was a dream. I don't know what this was. Okay. Just, I just know we'll just call it an experience, an experience. Okay. It was, we were home alone. It was a really windy day. We didn't live far from downtown. We were within walking distance. So we decided that we were going to go downtown for something. And there was this path that was behind our neighborhood that was, that was through the woods. And we decided we were going to take it. So we're on this path and whatever experience this is, we're, we're on, on this path. And all of a sudden there is this being there. And this is the weird thing. Okay. The eyes looked a lot like, like the ghost eyes. Like they just sort of had like the same sort of look to them. Right. Very human. And, um, I just remember, this is going to sound weird. Not that this isn't weird, but I just remember that there was hair on, on the body of this being that looked kind of white and purple in the light. All right. My sister and I saw this thing. I turned around to look, you know, look at her to make sure that she was seeing what I was seeing. Her face just goes white and she bolts and she leaves me there. Okay. She's gone. I turned back around and this thing is right, is right in front of me. And I just remember like the feel of, of a finger reach out and touch the back of my hand. And then I wake up in my living room with my sister and my sister is crying and she's holding me. She's cradling me. And she's rocking back and forth and it's storming out. So this is just so weird. Okay. So it's raining out. It's storming. And I remember waking up and I said, did you see that monster? And she looked at me and she said, there's something wrong with you. And I don't know what it is, but it's really scaring me. Just a quick question. Have, have, have you ever had any, uh, kind of like, what's the word? The term is disassociation. I'm sorry. Oh, disassociation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you well, been diagnosed with anything kind of along those no. lines? Maybe. No. Or, no. 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 Like in adulthood, no. Do you um, think maybe that you were projecting uh, some of these times? Or I have no idea because, like in that instance, I don't know what happened. She just didn't want to talk about it. You know, she was in hysterics, and I think she was just denying things herself. But yeah. Once I came to it, did you see that monster? You know. So somehow I saw it. it. It was either a really vivid dream or like I said, there was for some, you know, there was the sleepwalking when I was little, there were these, what, what my sister would call trances, but I do remember, I don't think I had another one after that episode because I, I know I'm very empathic. And so it freaked my sister out so much that I think there was just something in my mind that like, I was scared that there really was something wrong with me. Um, I don't remember having any episodes like that after that. And I, and I couldn't have been any more than eight or nine when that happened. So, um, but as far as disassociation, um, I don't really think so. Maybe in my childhood with this, this stuff going on. Yeah. As a teenager and adult, no, I don't think so. Well, the only reason I ask is because I've had, uh, some, some, uh, some uh, problems too, because I've had a very, much like your life, uh, you know, with like ghostly encounters and stuff like that, you know, when I was growing up, that that was pretty common for me, too. So, like, I had a lot of anxiety. And that's one of the things that would happen to me 
is that I would kind of just kind of blank out and, you know, didn't you just Zane, come to sometimes. Now, Zane, if anybody doesn't know, Zane is my brother's son. Um, and Zane, you, y'all lived in a Victorian mm-hmm. style yeah. mansion type house that your mom had rented up in Dangerfield. Yep. Very strange. And there's not much in Dangerfield, but, uh, <clears throat> really weird place. Um, but you, you had some experiences in that house. Yeah. And, um, so just to kind of like map the area, like, you know, just a little bit. So where my house was, it was kind of off of the main road that would go through like Dangerfield and Dangerfield's not big at all. Like if you know the Northeast Texas area, um, it's kind of close to Mount Pleasant. Um, it's, it has a population like, I don't even want to say like of a thousand, like I think 50 of those are cows. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe less than that. And uh, now, uh, yeah, we had found like a little blue Victorian and it was kind of off the the uh, the uh, road of some railroad tracks. Uh, the house itself was on a dirt road and we had like three or four neighbors and there were definitely neighborhoods around or whatever. But that was pretty much it. Like that was the whole town. And there was a lot of abandoned places like uh you know you would walk down the street and uh you know just kind of like walk through the woods cuz i'd be bored i mean there's really nothing to do over there and you would just run into these houses that looked like they were just war torn you know they would be missing whole quarters of the house uh you know roofs roofs would be caved in and they would just be sitting there for i mean probably like 100 200 years and uh i think my weirdest experience with that place was uh i had walked into one of those houses um, just, just kind of looking around, just, you know, doing kid stuff, bored. And, uh, it looked like whoever had lived in the house before it was just completely abandoned for, for, you know, I mean, like, I have no idea what the reason was, uh, but like clothes were strewn all over the ground, like very old clothes. Like they obviously hadn't been moved. Uh, you know, there was just like old pictures and old books on like the walls and the bookshelves and, you know, it's just a little quaint, you know, and there'd be holes in the walls. And like, I, I don't even think homeless people had been in these places and like camped up and, you know, squatted or anything like that's how untouched it looked. And it just looked like it was dingy and, you know, whatever. But I had found this Bible that was sitting on the kitchen table in, uh, this one particular house and the feeling I got was just very, very uneasy. Like it was just nothing godly about it. Like it was like the, uh, the, uh, the uh, pages were like glued and like you couldn't open it really. And it was just like, I have no idea, but I think something had followed me from that house because the feelings that I got after leaving that place were just, were just terrible. And I, and like, I think that's kind of where I had gotten my, uh, my uh, first bout of like disassociation too was because it, because that place just freaked me out. Like much like to much like when you would see Blondie sometimes and like you would like pass out and black out. Like that's kind of the feeling I got. Like I would just have to like immediately leave because my anxiety would be so high. But yeah, stuff like that would happen to me. And that's the only reason I asked. Um, no, I mean, I, 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 I get that. And I know I definitely had that when I was a kid and I had a lot of anxiety. I mean, it wasn't just because, because of my family life, it's just because of stuff that was around. And I actually got to the point where I remember 
I couldn't sleep without music on in the background. I had to have I had to have something on. Yeah, me. Yep, me too. When I was working at at a, one of the buildings downtown, when I was a really young man, was my first security job, and um, I took the job because it was it was easy and I was kind of a slacker, and so I didn't have to do anything. And so, but I had to walk around in the building. But so much stuff was going on in that building that I, and I will eventually talk about it on the show one day, but it's going to take up a whole episode. But so much stuff would go on in that building that I would just walk around with a Walkman on. Now, people that are younger than us aren't going to remember what a Walkman. Yeah. It was a cassette. <laughs> you put a cassette and it was pretty neat. You could put your headphones in and just walk around. And so I I, I had gotten to the point where I would do that on my shift so I didn't have to hear any weird noises that weren't, yeah. I knew weren't uh, human. Yeah. I don't blame you for that. You might have to explain what a cassette is, though, too. Yeah. Yeah. A cassette was a very uh, uh, cumbersome and hard way to listen to music. Yes. You had to take a pencil or a pen and put them in and Mm -hmm. twist the Rewind. Yeah. Yeah, Or you just had to have one on you in case you needed it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I just, I know that there was, you know, it, it makes sense now, like I said, looking back, that I didn't sleep well in that house the whole time we lived there. Um, I eventually ended up having a best friend and I would like spend weekends at her house and I'd sleep, you know? So it was, it was really strange. It was a very strange house. Most definitely. And then, so when you guys were out of that place, mm-hmm. what happened after that? Like as far as your, well, there was, I mean, you know, there was still some stuff that was going on when I lived there. Like I, I had, um, my first Bigfoot encounter didn't happen there, but it happened while I lived there. And that was, um, that was, at Lake Shaftesbury, which was in Shaftesbury, Vermont, which was not far. And, and the weird thing about that was like, I, I feel more like I was, I stumbled onto somebody else's encounter with one. Um, so, you know, that was like, that was like the hot, the happening spot, you know, for the summer, it was a man-made lake and everything. It was part of the whole, you know, uh, parks and recreation kind of thing, but it was, surrounded by mountains and this is also part of like the whole bennington triangle um thing interestingly enough shaftesbury's in that um and uh again you know i was a wanderer my kid my my parents didn't really really watch me neither did my sister when she was supposed to watch me i just kind of went and did what i wanted as a kid well your Um, sister was a lot older than you too yeah yeah um i think my parents had but like this day i think it was a holiday weekend my parents rented a canoe or something and they were gone, you know, spending some time together. And, um, I decided I was going to go on some of the, the hiking trails that are just around the lake. So I'm walking down this path and I see this little girl who's about my age, um, little blonde girl in a, in a green bathing suit. And she's got her head cocked all the way back and she's talking to something. And I thought it was a bird because there were bird whistles. And so I thought she was just looking up in the tree, talking to, <laughs> to a bird. And so I, I just kind of stop and I'm listening and I'm looking around for this bird and, you know, I don't, I don't see anything. And then I start looking at the trees and all of a sudden I realize there's this thing that's blend. These are like, these are like red pine trees. There's this thing that's like blended in with the trees. Okay. And it had, and she and he, I think it was a he, were about maybe 20 feet from me, 15, 20 feet, not, you know, and it's whistling. And I remember, and this is one of the things that I've, I've got actually gone around to people in the Bigfoot community about about this. 
This thing had a human face except for the eyebrows, okay? The brow ridge looked very, I, I guess what you'd call Neanderthal-like, but it had a Roman nose. It had Cupid bow lips because I was I was looking at this thing's face and the lips were, you know, puckered and, and it was whistling. And the flesh was like a chocolate brown. Everything else was auburn. And he was a very handsome fellow, you know. And I could see um, his left hand kind of picking at the bark, and he was sort of trying to use the trees as like a shield between himself and me and this other little girl. And it, he doesn't make direct eye contact with me, but I can tell like his eyes are moving, and he's kind of keeping me in his peripheral vision. And he's not really looking at her either, right? So this thing's kind of pressed into the tree line, almost you know, almost acting shy, I guess you could say. And she's trying to, I guess, coax him out. I don't, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm stumbling onto this. It's like she's trying to coax him out. And I'm just kind of, my mind's just trying to register what the hell am I seeing. And then all of a sudden he stops whistling and, and he looks past me up the path and he makes a, it's like face grimaces, right? And then I, it, he turns his head away and then we can hear voices. So I just kind of turn around, like I turned all the way around to see who was coming down the path. And she comes running up to me and she's like, please don't say anything. And, you know, again, like I just had walked into the middle of something and I was, and I said, what is that? And then these four teenage boys come down the path. And uh, I think one was her brother or something because he was trying to act all tough. And he's like looking at me and looking at her and he's like, what are you all, you know, what are you doing? And, um, she said nothing and she put her arm around me and I was like, yeah, nothing. And I put my arm around her and then they were talking to us for a minute and then they left. And then as soon as they left, she forgot all about me and she went right back to where she was and she was looking for him again. And I came over and I was like, what, what was that? You know? And she said, that's my friend. And I was like, you know, okay. And then the whistling started again and she's looking and she's talking, you know, talking to it all excited about, this being there and I'm looking around to see where it is. And it's in, it's in some bushes and it's directly lined up with me, but it's further back in the forest and it has his hands kind of parted where it can view us, but I'm making eye contact with this thing. And I will say that I really got a present. I got, I got a feeling of evil looking into this thing's eyes. Other things I experienced, it was fear. Um, I didn't even feel this with Blondie, but I felt it with this, which is what's really strange. I was looking into this thing's eyes and I had this feeling come over to me almost as if I'd lose my soul. This is the only way I can describe it. And so I snapped out of it and I grabbed this girl and I start pulling her. I was like, we got to go right now. And she ended up, you know, pulling away from me and we, we had a confrontation. She's like, you know, that's, he's not going to hurt me. He's, he's my friend. And I'm like, that's a monster and we need to go. And she was like, well, you can go if you want, but I'm staying. I'm not going anywhere. And so I didn't know what to do, but I was I was scared of this thing. And by that point, he was walking out of the, the bushes and heading back towards that cluster of trees. So I left her. And I went back to the beach and I sat down on you know the blanket next to my sister. And I think I was in shock. Um, you know, and it took my sister a while to, to notice because she was like sunbathing. And she finally looked at me. She was like, Lisa, you look like you've seen a ghost. And I was like, I just kind of stared at her. I said, I don't know what I saw, but I think I saw a monster. Okay, now at this point, 
Think about my history. I've never lied to my to my family. I mean, except for when I felt like I had to protect what happened with a little girl in the playhouse. I was telling them I was seeing monsters, I was seeing ghosts, all this other stuff, and they didn't want to believe me. Yeah, right? they just weren't believing you. Yeah. So I told her, I said, no, I saw a monster. And she was like, oh, my God, you're always talking about monsters. Why do you do that? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, there's a girl in there right now. She's in the woods. She's talking to a monster. So like, go see for yourself. Right? And so she kind of looked at me for a minute, almost like, okay, well, maybe maybe you're telling the truth, right? And I kept watching the, the head of the um, trail because I was like, I felt bad all of a sudden that I left her in there. So I was like, what if something happens to this girl, you know? But she came out about 10 or 15 minutes later. And as soon as she did, I pointed I pointed, um, pointed to her and I told my sister, I said, that's the girl right there. So my sister went and asked her. And then she came back and she said, all right, first of all, she's a jerk. She had an attitude. And second of all, she said, she, she said that you're lying and that that didn't happen. And I was like, okay. So I went over to the little girl and I confronted her, but I also wanted to know if she was okay. And she was like, why did you tell, why did you tell that girl, you know, me and my sister, what happened? And I said, because I was worried about you. And then she, she just was real mean to me and just left me alone. You know, like, um, everything had gone wrong. My fault was weird. Well, it, it was, it, was it like she had been friends with this thing for a long time or was it just something that she, had, yeah. Okay. You know, okay. So this is, this is the theories that I've heard on this because I've, I've talked to a couple people. I had somebody suggest to me that if, you know, depending on what these things are, okay, that maybe they can put some kind of influence on a person and give them a false sense of security. And that that might have happened with me and Blondie because remember, after a while, I referred to Blondie as my friend. Right. This girl was referring, that was definitely a swatch, okay? And I mean, it wasn't, I mean, I've seen bigger. I mean, this, this, I think it was a juvenile only because the face seemed really youthful. And, and like I said, it was a beautiful face. Um, I, I, he may have somehow kind of put some sort of influence on her to make her feel safe or something, you know, like he wasn't going to hurt her. But when I looked into his eyes, I was like, there's something wrong. Like it really felt evil. Um, so, and she referred to him as her friend. So she and I kind of had that in common talking about these things after a while, you know, referring to them as friends. And so I've had, I've heard that theory. I've heard, I had somebody tell me that she might've been from the Pleiades, like not even human. I had somebody tell me that. Wow. Um, what was she, was she like a blonde haired? She was. Yeah. Yeah. She was very blonde, blue eyes, you know? So I had somebody tell me that, um, it, honestly, to me, it felt the only way I can describe it. When I looked into that thing's eyes, I felt like I was being seduced. Not necessarily in a sexual way, you know, but in a way of there was just, it, it just was wrong. Well, here's a very weird scenario. What if, what if, okay, and I'm not saying that this is what I believe, folks. I'm just throwing and postulating a theory out here that what if the, it, it is true? What if this was a blonde? And, and they were from a ship and this thing was one of the occupants of the ship and they were just doing some exploring and the guy that you saw wasn't really her brother. It was just some older kids that just stumbled upon you and went asked what you were doing. And, and just, just, uh, just for argument's sake, maybe she was out there with her friend. And so that's what was happening. And, and you just happened to stumble upon them and they were out doing whatever they do, taking a break from their 
duties on their ship. Uh, you know, I have no idea. I'm not saying that that's going what it was. <laughs> yeah, going to the lake and hey, hey, look, a, hu- a human lake. We're going to go, I don't know. Human. You never know. I mean, you know, because there's going to. Look, anything's possible. This is such a weird subject. Okay. All right. And like I said, I'm not the kind of person. I'm really not. Okay. You can ask people that are closest to me. And you and I've talked. We've, we've talked off, off, off the air. And you do know some of the people that are close to me in my life. Sure. I'm not given to flights of fancy. Okay, That's don't. not what they said. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> now, nobody's ever said that you were, uh, you know. not. No, you know? no, no. You, we, you've never had any, uh, you've never shown me anything that makes you think that you're just like, you know, the fantastical. Like a cuckoo. Like yeah. it's like, oh, yes. Someday they're going to take me to their planet and make me their queen. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> well, you know, another thing that's, that I've I've said before, too, is like people say, well, Wolf, you've had, that's my nickname, Wolf, you've had a lot of uh, weird experiences. Most of mine were, were of a spiritual nature. But I can say this, I think everybody has. I think everybody yeah. does on a daily basis, but we tend to not either perceive it or we don't perceive it correctly and we blow it off. Now, I had, uh, there was a story that I did, and I'm not going to get into the story whatever, but it's one of the early episodes where we picked up what I believe was a guy who was a ghost and we gave him a ride and and it's and, and everybody says well that's a weird thing that happened and i was with like five other people when that happened i mean it wasn't i wasn't by myself you know and three of the guys that i was with i mean are are in my inner circle of friends and and they're around on a daily basis you know and and they can attest to that really happened it was just the fact that it was like oh it's a weird situation he seemed like a really weird guy and it, I would never have thought nothing of it if I had not gone out there to that bar to see if I could find the guy. And then his uh, stepdad and, and some people in the in the in the bar were like, "No, that the description of the guy and his name." And they were like, "No, he's deceased." Wow, that's the only way I would have ever found out. And Al Zane, your dad was involved in that. Yeah, that, and that so sounds, yeah. Yeah, and so that's how we knew. And then uh, here, I guess about six months ago, Anthony, he's right here in the studio. Anthony, you and Tony, and me and and Nelly went out there to that those same places, and and we talked to them. And there were a couple of pictures in the the bar. Um, they have like a new owner, and and the, the the bar owner. It's out in the middle of nowhere, and the 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 they had the picture of the old owner, and that was his son. And now I saw it. I said, "That's the guy right there," you know. And, uh, of course they told me when he had died and everything. And I was like, well, obviously he was deceased when we, we met him. And, and now I never would have even thought, you know, if I never had gone back out there and, and tried to, to find the guy because he did invite us to come back to his bar and he'd give us some drinks and we could hang out and stuff. And I liked that area. So I went back out there and tried to find him and I would never have known if he was, uh, what I think is now as a ghost. And I would have just thought nothing of it. Now people come across stuff like that all the time. I had a friend that uh, they picked up someone traveling along the side of the road. And then years later, he, he found out that there was a, a hitchhiker that would, they would pick up and, and then they would stop and then they would disappear. Um, so, I mean, you know, he, he always thought it was just a weird girl that had gotten off at the, uh, at the rest stop and then took off into the woods. And he was like, what, you know, and years later, he found out that's not what that what that was. That was a spirit. But you know, it, it's people pass by these things all the time, and it's just how perceptive perceptive you are to figure out that you're having a weird paranormal experience. Because a lot of people have them all the time. And I think what happened with you, Lisa, and I really believe this, 
is that when you were a child, you were very intuitive and you retained a lot of the memories of your childhood exploits. Whereas a lot of people, they block it out. And then as they get older, they don't uh, remember any of these things. Now, a friend of mine's mom, uh, a few years ago, she did a hypnotic regression and she, she talked about all kinds of weird stuff that happened to her as a child. And her husband was blown away. And when she would sleep, sometimes she would babble in her sleep and, and it would be, you know, talking these broken stories of weird, you know, mishaps and stuff. And so whenever she did the hypnotic regression, there was all this weird stuff that came out. Uh, she, she saw a Bigfoot, I mean, Sasquatch and a lot of other weird stuff that happened as a child because she could perceive it as a child. But I think what happens is when we get older, we're told, oh, you didn't see that. That's not what happened. And your, your, your mind, um, your memory changes it to fit the narrative, you know? It does. Yeah. Instead of the narrative being going along with what really happened and that becoming the truth, which is the truth, you know, it's warped. And I think that with you, you had an, an innate ability to keep, to hold on to that. And that's why you had these experiences. I don't think you were having any more than, than the average person, just that you were able to retain it and stay cognizant of it the whole time. Well, a lot of a lot of this stuff I, I actually did block out. The only reason why I began to remember it was because I, I did so much intense Bigfoot research at first. Like I like I absorbed everything, and then like I read I you know I'd read stuff because like because in the early days of the internet we didn't have YouTube, so I was reading things that I was finding or listening to um, people's stories or whatever, and then and then there'd be something familiar, and I'd get a glimpse, you know. And then I and then I would like really just try to focus on it, and it'd be like I'd start to remember more. And actually, the more that I've talked about these things, the more I've been able to remember. I mean, there was some stuff that was with me for a long time, like the stuff that happened in my teenage years and my early adulthood. That stuff I hung on to, like the some of the other stuff I just I just didn't remember, or I remember glimpses of it, you know. Or as time passed, it's like you can remember a piece of something crazy that might have happened to me. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe that was a dream. Yeah. Like it's kind of like a puzzle that you just kind of put together. Yeah. Afterwards. And that's yeah. what I thought for a long time, especially with like the Blondie stuff. And it's weird because becoming a mother, like sort of brought things back to. Yeah. It's really strange. Um, and I can see that. And we've talked yeah. about that on our show. Nellie has spoken about that. We're, we talked about how women have a natural intuition and you, you guys have a sixth sense because you raise children. And your job has always been to kind of take care of the children. The men would go out and into the world. They come home. They're like, ah, I'm not into this, you know, whatever. They're very grounded in the physical of of the of the of the trying to make everybody survive. But the the women, you had to have a sixth sense, especially back back in our early days. Like you know, say if you were a pioneer on the plains, and the Comanches, you 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 had to be able to have one step ahead to know to go and hide in the fruit cellar. You know right. what I mean? To get them in there in time before the cabin was burned and everybody was scalped or whatever was going to happen or in mm -hmm. times of war, you know, and, and uh, you know, you had to have that survival instinct and it, you needed to have uh, that, that sixth sense to be one step ahead of death. And I think that women develop that a lot more acutely, you know, yeah. because of the ch child it, rearing. I think, I think you're right about that. And it's, it's funny that you mentioned the whole, you know, like men being kind of out, out in the world and they're dealing with other stuff. So for me now, I mean, I'm in a place in life where I'm, exper I'm experiencing that because, you know, I've, um, <clears throat> I separated from my ex like three years ago. 
So I've been a single mom and kind of dealing with some of this stuff. And like, you know, I was having activity up until last year where I live now. I mean, there's, there's some strange stuff around here, but it's not like it was. So, you know, at one point I was, and I actually, I told somebody this too, like in, in one week I had to deal with something coming and visiting at night and leaving footprints outside my bedroom window and trying to get a tuxedo for my, for my son, for the prom. I had to deal with both of those issues in one day, you know? So, um, so yeah, I just, it just, at times it would just kind of get like that, but I understand that thinking too. And I think probably most single moms understand that thinking, that duality of you got to worry about providing for your family and sensing something else and kind of going into high alert and protection mode in a way, because there's like, okay, there's something kind of going on that's strange. Like my kids, where I live now, my kids swear that there's something here and, you know, I mean, not to jump too far ahead, but I can share this very quickly. Um, my teen, my oldest teenage daughter, who's, she's 18. She swears there's an old man that's, that's in their, their bedroom at night. And that between two and three, if she's awake, he's there watching them. And it really, it freaks her out. Now the weird, like I, I had a glimpse of that a couple of months ago for, for whatever reason, or I dreamt briefly of that before, before they told me. Now here's the other weird thing. We hear the pitter patter of little feet running up and down our hallway sometimes, and we don't know where it's coming from. So, well, it's obviously the good guy doll. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but he wants to be your friend thing, to the end. The weird thing <laughs> is, I think it was last, I think it was this past winter, quite actually, maybe early winter. I, um, I think it was like after a morning shift I worked and I was really tired. So I, I came home and I took a nap and I thought my youngest had come in and woke me up. And I really distinctly remember this. I remember being, being shaken away very gently and feeling the weight of her, which I thought, I thought it was her like laying on my shoulder, like, you know, like, like a child would do Yeah. And kind of resting, resting her head. And I remember grabbing her arm and I was like, I was like, no, honey, please let me sleep. I promise I'll be out in a little bit. And I was looking at the arm, but the arm was much smaller than an 11 year old's child. And then I remember kind of pulling, pulling on the arm. And I remember hearing a voice say, okay. And I fell back to sleep. Then maybe an hour or two went by. I got up, ran to the bathroom, went out to the living room, asked my daughter what she wanted. And she said, what are you talking about? And I was like, didn't you just come in like about an hour ago and wake me up because you need something? And she just, she looked at me confused and just shook her head like, no. And that was really clear. And that wasn't that long ago. And that was, that was where I live now. So that was very strange. Yeah. That's, she was like, ew, no, gross mom. <laughs> no, not like that. <laughs> but yeah. Because like, teenagers, teenagers are like, you're weird. You know, like, <laughs> even 11 year olds are. Yeah. yeah they're they real. Be. They can be real surly too. <laughs> I know Zane was, uh, Zane would, you know, when you were young, Zane, you were quite the uh, surly young man. I still am. Yeah, you haven't grown out of it yet. But you're, you're, well, when you were young, you were real ornery. I mean, you had a yeah. lot of anger issues. But I guess living in a haunted uh, Victorian house will do that too. Yeah, it was haunted by my mother. <laughs> so that's another issue. Okay, folks, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, tune in on Friday, which is just a couple days. 
And uh, we'll, we'll finish this up with Lisa Lichen. Thank you for listening. Good night.